Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Let's go. What's goody, Hot breath verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. This is our live stream episode we do every Tuesday on our YouTube channel and Facebook group. So if you'd like to talk to us directly, join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel or Facebook group and get your questions answered. And let's get into it. Yoshi So, I'm Joel Byers. Yay. Welcome. And they heard the hot breath, so they know it's official. Hot breath. And out the gate here, as people are posting their questions, I do want to say a quick shout out because we love this community and we love yeah. the hot breath verse. And Daniel Quintero from San Antonio shared our episode last week on nice. Instagram. And we really appreciate that. He posted in the stories. So, man, y'all share this. If y'all listening Back at the podcast, share a screenshot, post about it. We'll repost it. We want to connect with you. We're really for comics by comics, and the only way we're going to grow is together. So, and our wives appreciate it. So, they do. And we appreciate the engagement mm -hmm. as well. We so out welcome here, baby. to the show. This is a good welcome start. to the show. Dubs General says, the bros... Yo yo's. Yo yo. I'm 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 gonna be honest. I wasn't a fan of the mustache. And now I'm I'm digging it. You're getting into it? it? That's I'm a really good start, especially for the audio version of this podcast. <laughs> for anyone that can't see me. Um but if you've been listening the past few weeks, the mustache has been evolving. It's evolving. Yeah, it's like it, a Pokemon. Uh Yoshi's now a fan. Out. Yeah. Yeah, it started out as something uh, I didn't want to introduce my kids to, uh, mm -hmm. to now, um, you know, it's just Uncle Joel. Uncle Joel! This is how he rolls. Uncle Joel! <laughs> I should That's tell him the story. So Joel, Joel, when we were about to, uh, I hadn't seen the mustache, right? So we were about <laughs> to go on a road trip. And, and Joel said, uh, are your kids home right now? And I said, No. <laughs> Uh, they're not home uh, because I didn't want to introduce him to my kids with that face. So, <laughs> yeah, that tracks. And then he later said, were your kids home? I was like, yeah, they were home. I just didn't want you to meet them at that moment with that thing on your face. It hadn't matured <laughs> and then yet. I had to explain it. Then I'd, I would have to explain it. They, they would for sure be like, what is that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm a big hit with the kids, for sure. <laughs> Uncle Joel, that's like a new Mr. Rogers, Uncle Joel. <laughs> Uncle Joel. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's maturing. The first thing my barber said was, uh, what's up with you besides that mustache? And then <laughs> I, uh, I asked him if I should keep it, and he was like, as long as no one calls you a pedophile. And his tip was a little light that day. Um, but it's a little light work, just a, a little, little light, light work. On left the a tip. little, left a little room to grow on that tip for his attitude. <laughs> nah, he's the best. I've been going him for years. Um, 
keeping these That's locks it. flowing. Now y'all knowing. The mustache be growing. Bobby said mm. she's waiting for the caterpillar on your lip to become a butterfly. That's good. Dub said, <laughs> I look like a great value Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> or a, a lot of good. Yeah, Bobby posted a poll on our Facebook group asking who wore it better between me and Jeff Foxworthy. And last time I looked, it was a tie. <laughs> yeah, it's a tie. It's still a tie. I see that. Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. Somebody said so, you need those 70s glasses to complete to complete the pedophile set. <laughs> Good God. Oh, thank you. It's ruthless out here. <laughs> you started it with your kids. <laughs> but y'all do post your questions if y'all if y'all have any. Oh, that was Oz Morse that said that. But yeah. I feel um for those of them listening. I'll be in Cherokee, North Carolina all this week performing nice. at um, <laughs> working a casino up there. Dope, dude. That's awesome. So anyone watching this now up in that area. You said this is Cherokee, North Carolina? Cherokee, North Carolina. That's casino country, apparently. So I'm going to go up there looking like John Smith. <laughs> about to take the take the casino back from Cherokee, North Carolina. Nice. Are you program. doing uh like double shows a day or just one show a day? What's uh, your they do one show a day. Okay. And it's at seven PM, which is right in the wheelhouse for me, baby. I'll be back <laughs> I'll be back in the bed by nine. The opener is going to be so disappointed. He's going to be like, yo, let's, let's go gamble at the at the casino. I'll be like, I got to get back, fam. I got uh, That's a senior citizen time right there. <laughs> yeah. Prime senior citizen time right there. 7 p.m. is right in my wheelhouse. I'm excited about it. <laughs> on, a, on a Friday and a Saturday. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. We're not going to move it. We're going to keep it right at 7. <laughs> oh, all of them. Yeah, Wednesday to Sunday, I'll be there. So. <laughs> Be quite. I'm, I'm very excited. That's so fine. Oh, That's okay. Awesome. We have a question. Okay, we're cooking now that the mustaches are. You know, Zaynova said the mustache came with a sitcom dad role. <laughs> and Andrew I like said, that. That's, that's not even like a roast. That's more dealer. like a boat. I like that's that. Like Yo, yeah. Yo, bringing the bag. Who, yeah, who bringing sitcom. the? Bringing that sitcom money while there's Did a strike. Does anybody even have sitcom money anymore? Is that even still a thing? Sitcom money? <laughs> I think so. Miss Pat seems to be doing well. Oh, yeah. She got She's some. on her fourth uh, season. Uh, nominated for. But nobody now because there's a strike <laughs> on the writers and the actors. So that is another good thing about being a comedian is that once you can get established as a comedian, it is job security. Mm. Like you're not dependent on anyone. You're not going, having to go to auditions. You're not having to travel across the world to be on location, to film something. You literally have the power to like, if you can build an audience, you can make a living on your own without having to deal with anyone. So there's something very powerful about the pursuit of stand up versus others. I think they all inform each other and I definitely want to do acting and things like that. For sure. But with the strike, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Overnight. I mean, it doesn't really affect you, though. We can still, 
you know, Disney might be hiring soon. I have a feeling this is going to be, depending on how long this goes. I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Replacements, uh, about when uh, NFL players went on replacements and they hired just random guys who weren't on like on the roster and they still had a season. It was really funny. It was actually starting Keanu, Keanu Reeves was in it. It was very not a bad movie, uh, but like I mean. What did uh, what did Gary Avdo say uh, about the reason he the pays pay? comedians so low? Is oh, <laughs> because there's always there someone who will do it. Someone will always do it. I have a feeling yeah. that might happen with acting. I hope Yo. it doesn't, because actors deserve all the bread. Because you know, I looked at uh, all the money that the studio executives are making, and good God, I mean, it's not even six figures. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's more it, like how much everything has grown too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like eight, nine figures that they're making. They did like a comparison of how it was like before or like ten years ago versus today, and it's like grown exponentially. And then like actor pay has just not. You yeah, know. yeah. It's cold yeah. bloody. So yeah, it's really cold build your own audience. That's what we're all trying to do here. Yay, yay. Which is actually a question from I Crack Myself Up. Any tips on building an audience? Hmm. Well, that is something we're currently working on as <laughs> full-time comedians. Uh, so we like to speak from experience, though. I mean, on a small level, like Yoshi and I run a show locally in a way we've built an audience there is when we do the show we're sure to talk to people before the show and or after the show we collect emails we thank them for coming we really make a connection with the people that see us perform and you just kind of build it one by one and the show has built positive and a good crowd because it's like it started with a few like a couple that came here had a good time felt welcomed one to tell their friends to come the next time. Then you meet their friends. And it really is all built kind of one by one. And that's on like the live show end, social media end. I mean, it's like the Wild West. I mean, I think what a lot of comics are doing right now, uh, besides crowd work clips when they have four minutes of material, is... <laughs> um, But what a lot of comics are doing online and all the social media comedians we've interviewed is basically like you're finding your audience, finding your niche, finding what is your angle. Like we interviewed Charlie Barron's. His angle is like he's the Midwest guy. We've interviewed Desi Banks. His angle is he's like the ATL hood guy. Um, so like all these different social media comedians that build an audience have like found an angle and catered to a specific audience and gone viral yep. and just like I said with meeting people in person and then wanting to share the show with other people, same thing with your content, you're creating content for a specific audience that makes them want to share with other people that they know. And you can build out organically that way. And I say that not having built a consistent social media following, not finding a specific audience yet, but that's what I'm working towards. So that's kind of been what I've learned from other people that I'm 
attempting to put into practice. And I've tried a few different things, and we're still out here swinging, though, baby. That's the thing is just don't yeah. don't stop swinging. Yeah, I think the key is uh, keep swinging and keep trying things out. And when something does stick, then that's what you kind of stick with. Um, very few people have ever made a video that they were like, oh, this is going to be the one, and that was the one. Many right. people make a bunch of videos, and the one that they were like didn't put any effort in becomes the one that's like, oh, that's the one that somehow blew up because there's no algorithm. We don't know what the algorithm is on why things blow up. But when you find your audience and find like, oh, this thing resonates, then you just maximize and capitalize on that as much as possible. So that's really the key is to just try some things out, see what happens, uh, go through your material, see what works. I mean, even I, I would say the crowd clips are just people, the system of TikTok and uh, Instagram have just used crowd clips as the thing that they have built to be the thing that has been the most shareable. People have tried putting their comedy clips that are straight stand up on that, and it just didn't resonate. So crowd clips just happened to be a thing within the last, what, 18 months, maybe, maybe like nine months that have really like just propelled. And the way that these algorithms work, because a lot of times it's just data and mechanics is like when people respond to it, that's what gets more and more views based on the fact that people responded to it. And so because that stuff changes and you just never know, have no idea why one works versus the other, there's a reason why tons of comics are doing crowd clips. It's because they're like, oh, I see this is working with this group. Let's see what happens. Or this is working with this audience. Let's see what happens. So, but I'll even tell you, even crowd clips, even if you're getting like tons of views, also doesn't translate to like tons of followers. Like those things are great for from a mm. crowd pleasing perspective in terms of people know you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that people will follow you. You have to build that audience yourself. You got to find crowds that are really willing to rock with you. I see a lot of, um, there are a lot of comedians that have made it on social that just do shows locally based on their social media followers. And that's how they build it one at a time, just to get their actual followers out to a show, which is also a great thing to do. Yeah, that's John Mondragon said, would you post full setup punch jokes? Or just crowd work? He's five months in. Ooh. I can't even. I. It's so tough. Like, I always try to give point of view from personal experience. You know, I, I never like, I only like to talk about things that I know and I know is like good advice people can put into practice. But it's like the game is so different from when it's I so started. Different. But here's what, I'll, here's what I'll say to uh, the question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Post it all. <laughs> Do it all. There's yeah. no there's no rule or algorithm that's telling you that one works versus the other. You just never know. I mean, yeah. when you put a when I put a reel up, the only thing that Facebook asked me to do is port more reels up. <laughs> it's right. not like analyzes, hey, this was good, this was great. You should try doing more of these kinds of clips. They don't give me none of that. They're just like Hey, how about you add more to our algorithm so we can send it to more people so people can be doom scrolling? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all I'd really ask you to do. 
you know, yeah, you just never know. Yeah, I guess the old head in me is like, ah, just get good first. You know, spend a few years just getting good at comedy and then start sharing. But, I mean, when you see someone like Matt Reif post clips and blow up, now people don't see he's been doing it 13 years, and he kind of grew into that moment and was able to excel and actually be ready for the moment instead of, you know, someone like five months in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, do what makes you happy. I mean, the old head in me would say just focus on getting funny first so when you do post stuff and you build an audience, there's an actual show for them to come see. But I get the other side as well of you seeing everyone else doing it. So, like, why not me type deal. So it's it's such a personal preference on that one. But back Absolutely. in my day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The rules are changing and the rules could be different like in a month from now so i think it's really about if you've got something that you think that you would be proud to post go ahead and put it if you think it's a good joke go ahead and put it up the world will let you know whether it was trash or not <laughs> and sometimes even if it's bad if people resonated with it maybe there's something there I mean, there's a lot of people who put stuff up that they didn't think was going to work, and somehow they're getting tons of clicks, so it makes it feel like it's validating. We don't know the rules of these games. Yeah, I think just, just keep, keep swinging. Yeah. Keep swinging, baby. If you want, just post it all, yeah. Swing, batter, 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 swing. I mean, you can do like some people who just have a joke put up a fake background with a green screen like they're talking to a crowd and then put sounds of crowds actually laughing Not at their bad jokes. idea yeah. i have seen that there are people who have gone viral just on yeah. fake stand-up like there's a fake stand-up yeah yeah with a laugh track in the back yeah yep so why not it's the wild west it's, it's wild so out wild here it's wild wild west uh dubs general said i'm currently emailing a booker at the improv and funny bones trying to get on their list. Other than being funny, how do you stand out? Um, I think one of the biggest things for bookers is it helps if they know who you've worked with in the past and they can get some kind of referral from the people that you've worked with. And if it's just material, it's just having like a tight set. If you're asking for like opening or feature, you better send them opening and feature level material. So if you're, don't ask for feature work if you don't have 30 solid minutes. And make sure you send those 30 solid minutes as well that you've done before. Mm -hmm. Like don't send work that you haven't done before. And they're also looking for beyond just funny, but like, do you have a point of view? What is unique about you as well is another thing they're looking for. They're not looking for someone who could just make dating apps funny, but they, they really do value like you have a unique authenticity to you. That's how you're going to stand out from other just quote funny people is like, how are you different from everyone else? That's another good way to stand out. Facts. Yeah. You got to have a unique perspective. 
not even just a unique perspective. Your story has to be different. I don't want to say different, but what is it about you that people would pay for? Like, if you think about that, it's like, what is it about your perspective that's so unique that not that they haven't seen before, but that's unique enough for them to be like, huh, that'd be interesting. I'd love my club or the patrons of my club to come and watch a show like that or a person like that. All right. Andrew LaPointe, I'm doing a comedy competition next week. Any tips on competitions? Mm, competitions, competitions. Yoshi's done more. And Yoshi just got into Laughing Skull Fest as well. We should cue the applause there. Yoshi just got into Laughing Skull Festival. Congratulations, fam. I meant to tell you at the top of the show. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Festivals are... Festivals, I'd probably say I've been doing festivals last like couple of years and I've gotten better at the festival process for sure. It's not one of those things that I would say like you just figure out like all of a sudden. It's just been over time. Festivals about are truly about putting your best foot forward. Like there's a difference in like what you do at an open mic versus what you do at a showcase set versus what you do for a festival set, right? Even like I've talked to bookers who are like, I don't know if that's festival ready, right? I've gotten critique, like whether a joke is festival ready or not. Festival ready, basically, what I would say means it is almost damn near ready for television. It's gotta be so tight that they know, oh, we can put this absolutely anywhere and this is exactly what we're gonna expect. So the big key for festivals is do your absolute best material. Do the stuff that just hits. Um, I, I just wouldn't say don't do a lot of riffing. Don't do crowd work for a festival set. Like just do mm-hmm. the jokes that you know work. And one big thing that I learned from Jason at the uh, World Series, always start your jokes with like some kind of defining statement so they know what they're going to get um, for the rest of your set. So just up top, just have something, some kind of joke about who you are, what you are, why you are the way that you are. And that helps sort of establish you for the rest of however many minutes you're going to do. Because then it's like, oh, okay, now that we know who this is, everything else that's being said comes from that perspective. So that's that's the one thing I'll say, you know, a couple of things I'll say about festival sets. Just It's just got to be tight. That's the key, just tight jokes. Uh, and I don't, you know, even if you're a riffer or if you don't, you know, you like to go long, it's just about keeping it at a very tight set because bookers are watching and have seen so much tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember Jason mentioning, like, he said he watched close to like a thousand videos, like, in one year. Uh. Oh. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> my heavens yeah yeah it uh it yeah we've interviewed several people from comedy festivals and the big thing has been kind of like what i said about standing out in the comedy clubs is what is unique about you like what is your unique point of view how do you stand out from every other comedian there and a yeah. big thing 
is like and at a festival just do your jokes like do your set like just get out there get into it as quick as possible like your first laugh and really put your best foot forward and a big value of a festival is not just the stage time but it's the networking that's where you're gonna get the most bang for your buck in a festival is the networking side so hanging out being cool being funny being accessible is really gonna help you get the most out of that festival beyond just like the stage time and performing in front of people but making friends that down the road you never know what they're gonna do you never know what's gonna happen you know absolutely yeah yeah you're gonna get a lot of your bookings from other comedians comedians who've got shows comedians who have rooms and if you want to travel or let's say you're on your way to a certain state for a wedding and you got like a day off and you can hit up that comedian and be like oh yeah we met at the festival if you got something just let me know and hell they might be able to put money in your pocket so networking mm-hmm. is so underrated but it is literally the game um that's yep. the business side is that people want to work with people that they like at the end of the day being funny is part of the bare minimum <laughs> yeah you got to be able to deliver yeah but the other piece of it is once you're past the funny are you personable enough to where they like you um and are you personable enough to for them to be like oh yeah we'd love to have you on my show i do a show in some city um if you're ever in town i'll let your boy so yeah i think networking is super important and a great part of sort of that festival culture to take advantage of as much as possible and dubs general had a good advice on getting a qr code of all your socials yeah i started doing that as well um of just like having a qr code not only people other comics you meet that can easily follow you from those but then also at a show like we talked about being nice to the people that are there introducing yourself and you know we have a qr code at our show where people can join the email list Uh, So, yeah, the easier you can make it for people to keep up with you, the easier it'll be for them to keep up with you. So a QR code has been a good thing. I like I printed some and like laminated them to make them feel a little more fancy. And we'll just put them when I headline Blue Ridge. I put them out ahead of time on like the tables. And then near the end of my set, I was like, and there's QR codes on your table. And um, I actually did a tip jar and it actually worked. So that was interesting. Mm. Tip jar on the QR code or tip jar somewhere else? On the QR code. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do that for one of the shows that people tip at. Um, It's a tip jar. Like, it's a digital tip jar. But, yeah, definitely QR codes are a great thing. Sometimes I QR code to my bank account just straight, just so you guys know how hard it is. (laughs) Cha-ching. 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 Uh, yeah, QR codes are smart for sure. Uh, DC rants in the building. DC said she's in Atlanta. She said, Yoshi, I'm in Atlanta. Holla at your girl. Yay, yay. All right. Uh, that was a good impression. Bobby Sutton asked, <laughs> You have both seen my set. Do you feel it's festival ready? Only asking because money is tight and I can't afford to spend money. If I'm not ready, been working up to it for years, just not sure. Mm. 
Nice. Uh, that's a good question. I would say I think your set is uh, ready. I think the key is really because I've seen you uh, work plenty of times, Bobby. Um, you're really good, like crowd work. Like you're you're so present. I would say the hardest part is seeing your material where you're just delivering the material without the crowd work. So if you get a chance to just deliver the material um, and only the material, I think for sure that'll be like your ready, ready material for festivals. But yeah, I think you're definitely ready for festivals. You've got a unique perspective. It's different. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of people that say the stuff that comes out of your mouth. It's funny. I've heard people laugh. I've laughed hysterically at it. Yeah, I think you're very ready. Yeah, I agree. The only thing that stuck out to me was the money is tight thing. So it's like, what is the ROI of a festival? You know what I mean? Like, when is it worth it or when is it not? Or certain ones you get more out of it than others, you know? I mean, I know World Series has been um, great for networking. Yeah. I guess it's just being selective, but I do. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, I think Bobby does have the, like the performance to like do well at a festival. It's just, oh, for he sure. said money's tight. So that's the only thing that stuck out to me is like, well, is a festival worth it? You know for what sure. I mean? So like, I would say most festivals, the average festival literally probably in the last year is usually between anywhere between 20 to 50 bucks. Oh, to right? like submit to submit to, to a festival, mm -hmm. right? 20 to 50 bucks. I would say, depending on what you're like going for from the festival perspective is not a huge amount to invest in your comedy career. Um, I think you just got to think of festivals as investments. I always say also like, like the uh, world series, when you submit to that festival, you also get feedback about your material which mm -hmm. is just like priceless. Very few people actually do that. Most of the times you get that letter that's like, oh my God, you've, uh, we had so many people in the festival this year. It was really hard to make a decision, but thank you for uh, coming through. We'd really appreciate you. Um, if you wanna come and not be in the festival, here's a link to all this other stuff. I know I'm doing a terrible impression of uh, <laughs> denial festival letters, but I've gotten so many that right. I'm just so, I know what the terminology is now. Uh, so I think it's just about truly, is that an investment that's worth your time? The networking is so worth it. I would say for me, networking for the World Series, I've gotten work even when I didn't move forward in the World Series from the actual people who were at the world series because the people that are there are trying to work as well so right. they're trying to work yeah. in their city they're trying to get booked in their city they might have they might go through a run where they're like oh i'm coming with a friend can you get me up at certain shows i'm like yeah i definitely will try um or if you're going through that city you're like can they get you up at certain shows so man i mean i just think networking is so priceless at these festivals the amount of people outside of the bookers the comedians mm -hmm. are just especially if they like you man they'll be like yeah dude come through new york 
I've got a room that I can set you up with. Like I've heard that so many times where people are just like, yo, if you ever come through this city, I got you kind of thing. And that's just love. You know what I mean? Me and Joel went to Charleston and a comedian put us up for the night. Amen. We don't, that's not like, that's Amen. not normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, Amen. That's not a normal she was a thing. lifesaver too. Lifesaver. Just like, but that's just love. And just like right. that relationship came out of World Series a couple years, having mm -hmm. been a friend of hers. And when she came into town, gave her a spot because I had a room and she was in town for, she was in town for another festival, didn't have a show that night. I was like, hell yeah, come through. You're absolutely hilarious. Um, and the crowd loved her. I got a compliment on her set like the next week. They were like, yo, that girl from Charleston was hilarious. I was like, thank you. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. Aaron Locke. Yeah. For Aaron anyone. Locke, baby. And, it, and her husband and dog were at the house as well. I don't want it to sound like we just <laughs> went over there and shot some OnlyFans content. It, we kept it, kept it professional. <laughs> but there was showers. She had nice linens. I mean, oh my god, the linens were were. I mean, the wash rags were top notch. It was so great. Lit. It was so great. We were gonna drive back, and she was like, "What? <laughs> no." <laughs> like, amen. Yeah. So to answer the question, think of it as an investment. And I would just say, you know, just tell yourself, I'll do three festivals this year. And work out the budget to do those three festivals mm -hmm. or to submit to those three festivals but if anything i would i mean i don't know if you've got a booker in town but i would hit up bookers that you know that you can send them a tape and be like is there anything that you think needs to be updated or changed with this tape and i think they'll yeah. help you out you know what i mean just see if they they would help you out by giving you some feedback on the tape for sure yeah, so yeah, go for it, Bobby. Just pick um yeah, pick a few and see what what sticks. I know most people that submit to most festivals don't get in. That's just the law of numbers there. But, law of numbers. But yeah. you know, take a swing. Yeah, yeah. Festival. I'm I'm batting three percent, if that, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really but. submit to festivals. Like, <laughs> I have friends that do zero. <laughs> and do well yeah i don't know if there's one i've i've done like the podcast at some i haven't i don't think i've submitted to one and gotten in actually i probably submitted to a few early on and we're like never mind <laughs> never mind they don't like me yeah <laughs> yeah if you want it yeah. yeah go for it there bobby for sure uh oz asked if i still travel with soup cans um which is a good reminder i need to pack some for tomorrow's trip <laughs> yeah i do i do still travel with soup cans i i i did a little mini documentary about my uh like dr journey to dry bar that i released at the time and i'm going to re-release it when they post stuff on social media um but I was like in the airport eating out of a, a soup can. And I remember my wife messaged me like, are you posting that on the internet? <laughs> I was just like in the airport in the corner, just like eating out of a soup can. Just looking like. <laughs> 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 I 
There was a guy who was like getting questioned by the police, and I'm just sitting there. Hilarious. Yeah, Amy's chili is very filling. <laughs> Amy's is a little bit pricier, but it's quality, you know. Hey. And you save money. Whatever it takes. Your own man. Food. You know, Whatever one of my go tos is uh baked sweet potato with some sardines in there. That's a good one. Mm. Maybe a little boiled egg chaser. Mm. I had boiled eggs freeze one trip in the hotel and I had to eat crunchy eggs. <laughs> and then my wife Venmoed me. <laughs> I posted on social media and she's like, get food. <laughs> It's the principle of it. But, I mean, you know, Yoshi, you know how I am. I mean, it's the principle. I mean, I could go buy food or I could pack my own and, you know, just For get sure. frozen eggs. It's it's still protein, you know. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> there comes a time when <laughs> you got to make some decisions in your life. And you've just made a decision <laughs> not to buy stuff. <laughs> like food. <laughs> I invest in myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. look, you know, see, <laughs> I invest in myself. I invest in my business. For sure. But I'm not very frivolous, but I will be. You best believe. <laughs> that Powerball is coming up. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and y'all going to know. Y'all going to know. Y'all going to know now. <laughs> we ain't. Y'all going to know. Cause I'm gonna be yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, one day I just disappear. They're like, "Oh, I guess Joel made it." Okay. I guess Joel made it. <laughs> I did. I did have a that's comedian weird. friend. Joel just bought the festival. That's yeah, that's yeah, different. yeah. <laughs> Don't give away all our secrets, Yoshi. We. But. Yeah, I had a friend, a comedian friend, who said when he hits 50,000 followers, he's switching up. And he switched up. He did. <laughs> we haven't talked since. So he got 50K and was like, we on now, fam. We on. I know this poodle has 5 million, but we got 50K. Got 50K. We in here. All right. A few more questions here. <laughs> Um, Ronnie Almendares asked, uh, where do you recommend doing open mics in and near LA? Nah, I don't know. I'm in Atlanta. We're in Atlanta. There's a website called the comedy bureau that I think yeah, posts I think all Bad those. Slava as well. Bad Slava's has, one too. Also has stuff for open mics in LA and California. But also, like on Facebook, there's probably like a, not, I don't know, like a internal comedy group. I know in Atlanta, we have it for sure. And there's a lot of cities that have like, for the comedians in the community to post availability, to post like, if there's shows with a bucket spots, if there's like gas coming into town. Yeah. Like the Atlanta comedy community, there's a, there's a Facebook group that does all that stuff. Mm -hmm. so. I would say find that for your town. 
We have a Discord too um, for the Atlanta comedy community, which I think is awesome. Uh, and people post up, you know, people post up uh, opportunities in there as well. Yeah. So true that. Yeah. So there. Yeah. There's a few websites you can check out there. Yeah. I like those backgrounds, Joe. I know. I just saw um, Neon Best Friend said, I need a brick wall as your background. Mm. I kind of like the green screen, though. Because <laughs> then people can put their own backgrounds. <laughs> um, we'll see. This is new. Um, the green screen's new. Oh, uh, who was the next one? Ronnie asked. Um, Oz... What year of doing stand-up do you recommend looking at festivals? Oof. I mean, it is subjective. But if I was to make a recommendation, I wouldn't submit to festivals till after year one if mm -hmm. you are at least doing open mics regularly. Because year one, you're really just raw and like... You're just figuring out how to write jokes. Mm -hmm. But I mean, also say like, you know, we know comedians like this. There's comedians I know that would go that are go up seven days a week. In New York, you can go up like fourteen times a week. If you do two mics a night, at that rate, you're getting good really, really fast because you're just working out a lot of your material. Mm -hmm. So I think if I mean if that's the pace that you're like going at, then for sure you can go sooner. But I have a feeling that, like, it's very likely that somebody would be like, you should submit to a festival. Or, like, somebody would be like, hey, that's that's really good. Try, like, try to do that. So I would say, you know, to each its own, his or her own, or they own. But I'd say probably a year is a good, like, recommendation. But, you know, yeah, if you a year's it, enough you time to it. realize if you want to do it or not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like after a year, it's kind of like, man, am I about this life? Or also after a year, you kind of get a gauge of how seriously you're taking it. So if you jump in and you're like, oh, man, I'm the next chosen one. And then, you know, six months in, you've gone up four times. and You're kind of like, all right, maybe it's more of like a hobby thing. I mean, which yeah. it's, you know, it's whatever you want it to be. But. To develop as a comedian, you have to be on stage as many times as humanly possible. And that requires a lot of sacrifice along the way. So a year is a good timeline of like, all right, well, where am I at? How serious am I taking this? How much do I enjoy it? So that's a, that's a good start. Yeah, I think that's a good baseline there. Yeah. All right. So we have chris this is a fun one. Ooh, i like this who's a comedian new or older who you think people should be more aware of um i got one that goes off the bat from a just jokes and the art of joke writing perspective dave attell is mm. a master at the art of joke writing and if you yep. ever are in new york and you get to you go to a comedy cellar he's usually always there mm -hmm. but david tell's ability to write so many jokes is impressive he's a monster that should be a comedian you should definitely like get up on um 
newer, I mean, my favorite, like Sam Morrell is my favorite new comedian. I just, I like what he does. That Tom Segura special, I think is dope. Um, uh, who else do I really like mess with? Um, well, let me get in here. Let me get in Taylor here. Taylor Tomlinson is dope. All right. I but put they're, three they're on. They're ahead. selling yeah. out like theaters. Oh, you think, oh, you, you mean like that he that we shouldn't? Well, I don't we should know what be more aware of. I mean, people are aware of Sam Morrill for the most part. All right, so here's here's the one that came to mind for me. Okay. All right. Hands down, one of the funniest I've ever seen. She's amazing. Caitlin Palufo. Yes. Undeniable. Undeniable. Yes. Both times I've seen her live. The room was not the same. Like <laughs> both times standing ovation, yeah. both times from yeah. the beginning to the end of the set, just sure. utter annihilation. I, I cannot, I cannot exaggerate how hard she kills consistently. And she's doing cool things. Like I th think she was a new face. I know she's open up for Mateo Lane and another big comedian. So like she's doing cool things. She's based in uh, New York. She's done Don't Tell. So she's done some cool things, but she is one that's like, yes, people know her, but she is going to be like in that next level. Like people are going to be like, what? Where did she? How? What? Like she kills at just such a level that makes you question comedy. For sure, I, <laughs> I I can rock with that. Kate Caitlin is freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about people who are not maybe like on on. Yeah, what do you we're think? We're talking Chris? about like I mean, people are not on on. Chris Sean asked the question. I assumed Sean Patton. Yeah. Sean Patton. <sighs> My leaves, heart just skipped a beat. Leaves the room in stitches when he is yeah. done. Um, he is absolutely hilarious. And he does uh, like different sets all the time. I, every time I've seen him live, it's been a different set. Um, for sure. Ian Bag is one. He's starting to get shine. He just blew up on social media, and his interview on our YouTube channel is like in the analytics. It's really taken a tick up. But he's nice. one who's been killing forever. He's yeah. he's like the king of crowd work. That's like his whole thing. He's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. So he's an older one that more people should know. So we're hitting both sides of the newer and older. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know, Gary Goldman, I think, is absolutely mm. hilarious. Mm -hmm. Ian Edwards, I think, is one of the most, like, phenomenal writers. Godfrey. I mean, I think Godfrey is, like, one of the most underrated comedians out there. I think he is so funny. His voices, his, like, impressions, like, he's just got range. I, I wish more people knew him, um, but I think he's just next level. He is so funny. Out of Chicago, but he's been doing comedy for ages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dubs General said David Lucas. I'm familiar with him. I haven't really watched his stuff, but I know he's killing it. Um, Conrad Tripp. Chris said Conrad Tripp. I haven't heard of him. I haven't heard of him either. Um, but yeah, Conrad Tripp sounds cool. Let's check him out. That's a great so, yeah, name. Yeah, I mean, too. there's so many people doing comedy now. Uh, yeah. But that being said, that helps 
the great ones stand out that much more as well. Yep. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of room for everyone who's willing to put in the work, but that does help. Like the, the difference is very apparent when you see someone who's, um, just Caitlin, she's, she changed me. I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> she's like my favorite comedian, dude. I've, I've seen her live twice and it's just both times. We're just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, Steven Rogers, uh, her boyfriend is another great comedian Very who's fun. done cool things like late night and things. And he opens up for Brian Regan. I think yeah. Tom Papa as well. He's another one who's very funny. And when you talk about joke writing, like I mentioned with a tell, uh, Steve's like a newer comic than a tell who really understands joke writing at a high level. So he's another one. I think people should be more aware of as well. Cause he's killing it for sure. I mean, I'll give a shout out to Ralph Barbosa. I think yeah, he's absolutely hilarious, dude. That dude's his cadence is so cool. He's mm -hmm. so chill. And I just love that about like the way that he does comedy. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some killers out here in the I scene. I mean, Rob dude. Hayes That's is about to shoot a special Atlanta's own. He's shooting a yeah. special here at the beginning of August. He's yeah. been just a silent yeah. assassin out here, just yeah. building one year at a time. And he's really going to yeah. blow soon. I mean, it's going to be nice to see. Like, even like Clayton English, Clayton I think English is just yeah. massively underrated. <laughs> massively yeah. underrated. Yeah. Carlos I've Miller. never not seen him obliterate a room. Like never. Mm -hmm. Not once. And I've literally probably watched Clayton maybe 15 times in my life. Yeah, he's he's killer. Killer. <laughs> he got us off on a rant here. Yeah, there's a lot. I would, yeah, people are saying that's, that's what happens as soon as you ask that question. If you ask top five or who should you say, and you ask comedians, like we're gonna, that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna go off. But yeah, go I hate off. to. I don't want to leave anyone out, but I'm. I feel good with that list. Bobby said Henry Cho. Yeah, he's yeah, a good one. Um, he's like one of those like OG guys who yep. just been killing it out there he does theaters you know he's one of these yep. guys maybe a lot of people haven't known but he has a fan base and he's killing it you know so killing it. um killing it. that's the thing with comedy is like you can literally build your own fan base comedy at the end of the day is a very small world like my wife doesn't mark norman maybe now she does but like i interview mark yeah. norman and she you know she's like who like cool <laughs> like you know what yeah. i mean like Most people know like maybe like five comedians yeah that's it yeah so there's a good list for you there kids i like that question though i like um yeah i like topical stuff as well you guys can ask us topical things as well if you want but if you also want comedy advice we're happy to as well but that's i like that that's fun um maybe one more here yeah um I think I saw Steve Polger. He saw why do comedians blame the crowd and let it get in their head? Um, he basically saw a well-known comedian bomb and blame the audience. Mm. Um, ooh, who? Ooh. What's the tea, Steve? Yeah, uh, no, I think it's it's okay. We can name names here. We're you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know who they are. Uh, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I always say, like, I used to be 
I'll say this, having been doing this for a couple of years now, I used to be like, you can never blame the crowd. <laughs> I used to say that. Uh, you can. <laughs> because I think there's times, now, if the crowd is coming to see you and then you eat it, that's on you. Mm. But like, there's been times when it's almost like pop-up comedy where you show up and no one knows that there's gonna be a comedy show and the crowd was not prepared for it. That's a little tough. Uh, and even at that moment, you can't really blame the crowd. That's more like the venue, not necessarily preparing everybody for what's about to happen. But I think it's truly like, if something is off about a comedian who's performing in front of their own crowd, I think it's just some some crowds have a short temper. There's a lot of group thinking crowds, whereas let's say you start off and like a joke doesn't hit, that's gonna ruminate in a big room to where everyone else is just like, all right, this isn't going well. And it kind of just like goes down kind of thing. And then you gotta find a way to bring it back up. Not everyone can be Def Jam funny. So you gotta resort to something else. Maybe it's not the material. Yeah, I think that, I mean, early on I would yell at the crowd and get mad and as we know when people would move and get up and stuff. Um, I think it's a terrible habit to have. I would, I mean, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, at a certain skill level, I think you you're, can blame the crowd, but I don't, I mean, I don't even, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't blame the crowd now. I mean, like at this moment, but it was interesting. I think maybe we talked about me seeing Matt Rife when he was in Atlanta, but he was talking about afterwards how bad the crowd was. So he said like all the shows have been like very weird. And then you saw in the video I did about him where he just doesn't like Atlanta as well. And yeah. that may be part of it is that the crowds have always been that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are just some crowds better than others for sure. But if you're newer, which I know a lot of people that listen are newer, like it ain't the crowd. It ain't the crowd. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta understand how to move a crowd to understand where they're going. All right. So it ain't. It, it most people listening right now. It ain't the crowd. It ain't the crowd. Yeah. yeah it ain't yeah. the crowd. Yeah. Oh, he said yeah. it was Steve Byrne. Steve Byrne. Oh, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I could definitely see that. And he's at a level where he can berate the audience oh for sure absolutely yeah yeah but steve is 100%. Hilarious. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean but steve is also one of those comedians that take risks he might be trying something and then the crowd doesn't react and like all right this one's on y'all this is hilarious like i've seen comedians do that they will break down why a joke is so funny oh yeah i've done <laughs> that how, yeah yeah can a comedian not or how can a crowd not understand how funny this is so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, Steve is at a level where it's, I think it's, it's okay to berate the crowd. He might be yep. using it for material too. So you never know. Yep. You never know. Yep. For sure. Um, uh, all right. Last question. Bob Kirk asked a website for festivals. Is there one? Yeah. I used to have, I feel like we've put it up in the, in the Facebook group in the hot breath group before. Did we? All right. Well, we'll find that and we'll post it in there. Um, but great question there, Bob. 
Um, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. This was a good Q&A. We talked about festivals. We talked yeah. about blaming the crowd. A little mustache talk. For those of you yeah, listening to yeah. the uh, podcast version, join our live stream. We do it every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel and Facebook group. Join yeah. us. It's a great way to meet other comedians in the Hot Breathiverse. It's a great way to talk to us directly. And share this as well. For the love of comedy, <laughs> share these episodes. Let's, Because you know what? nobody's gonna do it for us so we built it to where it is today as a community and we're gonna get to the next level as a community so this is for comics by comics baby yes we do this for the culture you guys have been great thank y'all we love you i'm joel byers i am yoshi so and we'll see y'all next tuesday peace dab Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.